Here's a Bible quiz for you. When was Jesus deified? In other words, when was the man Jesus exalted to deity? It states in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 through 2, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And then in verse 14 it states, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word, who was God, became a human. Yeshua, Mashiach, or Jesus Christ. Some people insist that the man Jesus has always been God. If Jesus was God from his birth to his death, what would be the purpose of his deification? We know from Scripture God cannot be tempted and God cannot die. My goal here is to explain how the man Jesus, who was tempted in all things and who bled and did die, had not yet been deified. And he needed to be deified before he returned to heaven to be at the right hand of the Father. Prior to being deified, Jesus of Nazareth was simply God's beloved Son in human flesh. The Gospel of Luke tells us that as a child, Jesus grew and waxed strong in spirit and was filled with wisdom and grace. It says that in Luke that at 12 years of age, Jesus was in the temple conversing with the doctors of the law. During his youth, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And then, at 30 years old, Jesus was baptized and entered his earthly ministry. Now, up to that time, Jesus was called beloved by his heavenly Father. The term beloved demonstrates a loving relationship between Father and Son. At Jesus' baptism, his heavenly Father spoke in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17 saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then on the Mount of Transfiguration, Heavenly Father again confirmed his approval of Jesus by saying in Matthew 17, verse 5, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Both times Jesus was referred to to by God as his beloved Son. So what, you ask? Well, the question still remains, When was the man Jesus deified? So going back to the Old Testament, we find a passage that predicts there will be a specific time when Jesus of Nazareth will be called by a different term than beloved. It was promised in Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. Quote, I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. End quote. So on a specific day, the man Jesus will go from beloved to begotten. And do you know when that happened? Do you know when that promise was fulfilled? It is the Apostle Paul who gives us a hint as to when God would call Jesus of Nazareth his only begotten. We go to Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So did you get that? 
Paul confirms here that it was by and through Jesus' resurrection from the dead that God would designate Jesus to be the Son of God, his only begotten Son. Paul then tells us how that prophecy in Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 was fulfilled. And we go to Acts chapter 13, verse 32 through 33, quote, And we declare unto you, glad tithings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus again, as it was also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. End quote. It was Jesus' total human obedience coming through extreme suffering and unto death, and by his resurrection that he was made perfect and became the author of eternal salvation. He was then qualified to be called by the Father his only begotten Son. This is validated in two verses in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5 says, For unto which the angel said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day I have, have I begotten thee. And again, I will be unto him a father, and he shall be unto me a son. And then in chapter 5 of Hebrews, verse 5, So also Christ glorified not himself to be an high priest, but that he said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. Okay, here's the dilemma facing Latter-day Saints. The Book of Mormon records that when Christ appeared to the Nephites and Lamanites in America, following his resurrection and ascension, a voice from heaven in 3 Nephi chapter 11, verse 7 announced, Behold, my begotten son? No. The voice said, quote, Behold, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear him. End quote. Well, we notice here that Joseph Smith made a big mistake here by n not understanding the Bible when he wrote the Book of Mormon by saying, by calling uh, here in 3 Nephi, Jesus, the beloved son instead of begotten son. Then, approximately 1,800 years later, Smith records his own account of going to the woods to pray. He claims that he had a vision and explains in History of the Church uh, in the Pearl of Great Price, quote, When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said to the, uh, pointing to the other, This is my begotten son? No. He says, This is my beloved son. Hear him. So Smith got it wrong again. We immediately recognize in both the Book of Mormon and the First Vision account with God calling Jesus his beloved son. We learn here that the post-resurrection God now refers to Jesus as his begotten son. Jesus, or Joseph Smith did not understand the Bible well enough to make this story sound real or accurate, proving once again he did not truthfully have an encounter with God in 1820. But we are not done. Smith makes another mistake when he's writing the book of Moses in the Pearl of Great Price. 
1831, he completed his revision of the creation account, there wherein he claims to have received a vision from God about the creation and the history of the earth from Adam to Moses. Here, 1,500 years before the resurrection, God tells Moses in chapter 1, verse 6, And I have a work for thee, Moses, my son, and thou art in the similitude of mine only begotten, and my only begotten is and shall be the Savior. End quote. That's 1,500 years before the resurrection that Moses is finding out that his son's name is going to be his only begotten. This, too, is anachronistic. Since the conversation between God and Moses pre-resurrection included the term begotten instead of beloved. In every example, Joseph Smith contradicts and negates what is beautifully taught in the Bible. The misuse of the reference about God, the Son, or the Son of God, being called beloved and begotten should be enough to convince anyone that Joseph Smith was neither inspired nor a true prophet. Just something to consider. Please share with your family and friends and check out other episodes like these at TalkingToMormons.com. And until next time, God bless.